So is history on the side of the Anaheim Ducks for this season's NHL Draft Lottery? We'll talk about the history of it and more on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. My Twitter is at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And thanks for tuning in every day, whenever you can. And also, I mentioned this last time, but also thanks to those of you that sent in questions for the last mailbag. It was really fun. It was really awesome. So thanks to y'all for doing that. All right. So first, got to remind you that this episode is brought to you by the GameTime app. Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about... Well, let's first talk about the history of the NHL draft. So why am I starting with the history of the draft lottery first? Go with me on this. So the draft lottery began in 1995, and this was after it had become abundantly clear that there were certain teams that were, uh, I mean, I don't want to say they were tanking, but there were expansion teams, and they were bad. So they were most likely to get top draft picks over and over and over again. I'm looking at you, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm especially looking at you, San Jose Sharks. Yeah, both those teams did not do well to start off their runs. So in 1995, the National Hockey League decided to start the NHL Draft Lottery. And what that did was it created a system where only the bottom five teams would get a chance to move up in that draft. This is important because only the bottom five teams would be eligible, and that's it. And also... No team could move down more than one position as a result of the draft lottery. So that was kind of the rules for that. And also, it was expanded where no team can move more than four positions in the draft order. So if you were the number 10 team and you moved up, you'd only move up to number 5 or number 6, I believe. So really, the only teams that can get the number 1 overall pick is the bottom five teams. So it was tinkered with for a couple seasons, but really, once it got down to the nitty-gritty of it, once it got down to 98, then they had gotten those percentages like down somewhat. So the first three years, the fewest points team had a 30% chance of landing that number one spot. And what happened that first draft lottery? (laughs) The Kings, the Los Angeles Kings, moved from the seventh spot to the third spot. Everyone else retained their spot. 96 and 97, Ottawa and Boston kept their number one picks. Ottawa got Chris Phillips. The Bruins got Joe Thornton. So then it got tinkered with even more. 98, the worst team got a 28% chance. Then 99, 26%. And then once we got to 2000, 2001, we had to amend it because there was a new team on the draft lottery. And that would be 
the Atlanta Thrashers, and also it had to be amended because there was another new team around that time, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So because of Columbus and because of Atlanta, now the Winnipeg Jets, those percentages had to be skewed with a little bit. And for the longest time, we had, you know, 30 teams in the National Hockey League. There was no expansion for a long time. So between 2001 and 2014, it was pretty much the same thing. Where only one team can move up. And then you, if you were the worst team, you couldn't do worse than second in that year's draft. Which is kind of cool for those teams in the bottom. But at the same time, if you're actively tanking, you know that you are guaranteed a top two pick in that draft. That's what it used to be before the strike or rather not the strike. Well, yeah, it was a strike. The strike of 2014, 2015, that changed a lot of things around that time. Because we had, you know, instead of 25%, now it was 20%. And now the top three picks would all be via the lottery. So for the longest time, between 2000 and 2014, there was not a whole lot of movement. In fact, typically, teams moved from third to first. That happened a few times with Atlanta and Columbus entering the fold. But then for the longest time, between 2008 and 2010, all the time, that worst team retained their top selection or the second worst team moved up to first. So not much movement there. And then Gary Bettman decided, let's throw all that out the window and really make things chaotic. Enter 2016 and... Well, actually, really 2017. That was peak chaos. That was the one where that 2017 draft, you know, got to feel a little bit for Colorado there. Because Colorado had by far the worst record. And it wasn't even close. Remember that really, really terrible Avalanche team? Yeah, they picked number four in that draft. Because the Devils moved from fifth to first, got Nico Heischer. The Flyers moved from 13th to second, they got Nolan Patrick. The Stars moved from eighth to third and got Miro Heiskanen. That was the one where it was really just peak chaos, like WTF. And even in 2019, this was only four years ago, and this was when I was starting off this here podcast. The Devils moved from third to first. That was Jack Hughes. So here come the Devils again. The Rangers, they moved from sixth to second. They got Capocaco. The Blackhawks moved from 12th all the way to third and got Kirby Dock. And then 2020, that was that weird bubble thing where the Rangers, they were like that 8th to 15th first team out. They got bumped to first. So then we're like, oh, that's too much chaos. We don't like this at all. So it was amended again just two years ago. Where only the top two picks would be via the lottery. And a team that finished worst could do no worse than third. So, or two years ago, Buffalo retained the number one selection. Seattle moved from third to second. 
That was the year where the Ducks moved down a spot in the lottery. Then last year, the Montreal Canadiens, they retained first again, moved from fifth to second. So based on this short sample that we have here, maybe this is good news for the Anaheim Ducks. Because in the two years we've had this format, not much has changed. So I'll talk about how that could affect the Ducks after the first intermission. Stay locked in. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Game Time, the Game Time app. If you haven't downloaded it already, what are you waiting for? The Game Time app has a slew of fantastic last minute tickets just for you. And you know what? If you want cheap Angels tickets, Game Time has them for you right there. Maybe you want to check out some playoff games for the Lakers because I'm assuming they're going to move on to the second round, then try game time. Or maybe you're a Dodger fan and you want to see a Dodger game. Well, if you download the game time app right now, you can create an account and use promo code locked on NHL to get 20 bucks off your first purchase. That is a great, great deal. Once again, 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NHL for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you are locked in with Jason JD Hernandez. As we have got to talk a little bit about how this affects the Ducks. Well, I should start off by saying the Ducks have been affected by the draft many a time. They've never won anything in the draft. They've never moved up in any draft lottery. So in that sense, history is against the Anaheim Ducks. Let me go back to last season. They wound up still at number 10. Not bad. Let's go back to 2021. Oh, do we have to? Yes, we have to. Um, Number three pick. But hey, they wound up with a Mason McTavish. I'll take that any day of the week. So you, you see where I'm going here. Is the Ducks themselves have not had the best lottery odds. Last year... They had a 3.5 shot, nothing. 2021, they had a 12.1 shot to get the number one pick. And they had about a 26% chance to even retain the top two spot. And they fell to three thanks to the Kraken moving up. They got Maddie Beneers. Look where the Kraken are right now. They're in the playoffs against the Colorado Avs. Hey, they could win that series. You never know. 2020. The Ducks had the fifth best odds, and they moved down to number six. So as far as the Ducks themselves are concerned, not the best. Although they did get Jamie Drysdale out of them going to number six. They got McTavish out of picking number three. So not all bad there. 2019, they had a 6% chance. Nothing happened there. So if you're a Ducks fan, I understand your pessimism. 
I understand why you would think, oh, the league has it out against the Ducks. The league is, no, the league has nothing to do with this. This is all the stupid ping pong balls and they're BS. Yeah, the ping pong balls have never gone the Ducks way at all. Hasn't ever. Then again, this is also the first time that the Ducks have had the worst record in the league. Yeah, in 29 years, the Ducks have never been the worst team in the league and therefore never had the best odds to get that number one pick. Now they have the best odds. Now they do. Let me remind you, in the short sample size of this new format that the draft lottery is in, let me remind you that only the bottom 11 teams can possibly get the number one draft pick. So for example, let's say Buffalo. Let's say the Buffalo Sabres get the number one pick, but they cannot move more than 10 spots. They would move up to, I believe, the second or third spot. I don't remember at the time, but you know they would move up, but not to number one. That means that the Ducks would automatically retain their number one pick. And then number two, you know, anything goes after that. So in fact, the Ducks do have a 25.5% chance of retaining the first round pick. The second pick, both times, a team has moved up. I would not be surprised if that happens again this year. Buffalo got their number one pick. They got Owen Power. The Habs got their number one pick. They did not take Shane Wright. They took Yuri Slavkovsky. Thank you, Montreal, for not taking Shane Wright. Thank you, New Jersey, for not taking Shane Wright because Shane Wright is currently playing for the Coachella Valley Firebirds who could make a deep run in this year's Calder Cup playoffs. That's a little bit selfish of me to say that, but thank you guys. Thank you guys for not taking a, at the time, disgruntled Shane Wright. And rightfully so. But the Ducks. Bad history. Lottery. Good history. So, am I hopeful that the Ducks are going to retain their number one pick? Absolutely. Can that number one pick be generational? Yes, it absolutely can. And this is where I spend the few minutes talking about who everyone and their mothers think are going to be the number one selection in this year's draft, and it's not even close. Look, everybody, everybody knows that number one is likely going to go to Connor Bedard. Number two is going to go to Adam Fantilli. Everybody knows that. And I have seen some people, I'm not going to name names, but I've seen a couple of those, you know, kind of media members, sort of, that said that Connor Bedard is too small for the NHL and he's going to be a bust at number one. Are you, mm, wow. Wow, really going there, huh? Connor Bedard, all of five ten, a buck eighty-five, and you're saying he's going to be a bust because of his size. Oh baby, the takes on that one. There have been several undersized players that have done just well. Marty St. Louis, he won a Stanley Cup. He was absolutely perfect for that Tampa Bay Lightning team. 
you know, there was even some back in 2015 that said Connor McDavid is only six foot. At the time, he was six foot. He's grown. He's now six one. Yeah. So he's grown an inch and he's filled out a little bit since the draft. I think he was like six foot, maybe 200 pounds, which was, you know, still not bad. And now Connor McDavid is six one, a buck ninety three. So it hasn't really like filled out a whole lot, but you know he's gotten more muscular and he's gotten speedier. He's gotten speedier, folks. I think Connor Bedard, you know, he's not even eighteen years old yet. He's still only seventeen. He could grow another inch or two while he gets to the NHL. Maybe in like two three years, he could wind up being like. 5'11", a buck 90. That's fine. Would you consider that undersized? Some would say yes. But this is a new NHL. This is a more speedy National Hockey League. This is a more skilled National Hockey League. And someone with those hands, with that kind of shot, with that kind of hockey IQ, everyone saying this is a generational draft pick, Duh, no brainer. Of course you take Connor Bedard with the number one pick. And don't listen to the haters that say, oh, he's too undersized. You know, don't listen to them. Yes, I do like that Adam Fantilli is a worst case at number two or Leo Carlson is a definite worst case at number three. Leo Carlson is already NHL ready. Right now, he's NHL ready. I sincerely mean that, folks. So either of those picks, not a bad worst-case scenario to take Leo Carlson in this year's NHL draft. But finally, I just got to go back to all the pundits out there saying that this is not a surefire number one pick. Well, I mean, that was said about Shane Wright, and it's only one year, but Shane Wright is already, he's almost ready for the National Hockey League. This playoff experience in the AHL is going to help him. We've seen that with several players of his similar type skill sets, and I'm going to keep it in Southern California. There was a not super high draft pick, but another very good draft pick that went that same direction, Adrian Kempe had a deep playoff run with the Ontario Reign, and now he just scored, you know, his 40th and 41st goals against the Anaheim Ducks this season finale. And now Kempe is one of the best players on that Kings team. One of the best. And there are several examples like that. You know, players are not going to come into the league right away and make a difference just like that. No, sometimes these things take time. Not everybody can be a Magic Johnson and lead their team to a championship in their first season and be named MVP. That doesn't normally happen. Not everybody can be a Fernando Valenzuela where they come on like gangbusters their first season. You know, this kind of stuff does not happen very often. But... Let's look at other draft picks that went number one overall just in NHL history. And let's really look at like the last maybe like 
couple decades or so. Jack Hughes, 2019. Yeah, some would say he's been like the big difference maker for the Devils, and I could see that. So that one was kind of a not-miss number one draft pick in 2019. That 2019 draft also had Trevor Zegras drop all the way down to number nine. And Z led the Ducks in scoring. Well, tied. But he was still very good. How about some other number ones of recent memory? Uh, Rasmus Dahlin has done well with the Buffalo Sabres. Nico Heischer, also New Jersey. All right, I can see that. But let's go before that. 2016, Austin Matthews. He has made a difference. He has, you know, been among the league leaders in goal scoring. And Toronto still hasn't gone past the first round. Has not happened. 2015, Connor McDavid. Well, Edmonton hasn't made it to the cup final yet, but he has made a difference. 2013, Nathan McKinnon. That one took time. But Colorado got there. How about the other kind of not-miss number one picks? Patrick Kane was definitely a for-sure number one draft pick in 2007, and look what happened there. 2004, Alexander Ovechkin. 2005, Sidney Crosby. I remember Crosby coming in with so much hype. I mean, you want to talk about hype train. Connor Bedard is coming into the league with as much hype as a Connor McDavid, as an Austin Matthews, as a Sidney Crosby. And Crosby, I think, is a generational type player. Whether you love him or hate him, you have to admit he has been generational. He led the Pens to multiple Stanley Cups. So maybe this is the turnaround for the Anaheim Ducks. If they can retain that number one pick, the turnaround begins now. And you could see more coaches just salivating. I want to coach this team. So we'll see. And also just, you know, in other hockey news regarding the draft lottery. There's another interesting scenario that could have ripple effects on the National Hockey League as a whole. And that has to do with the Arizona Coyotes. So that draft pick right now goes to the Yotes. If the Coyotes move up to number one or number two, that draft pick would no longer belong to the Coyotes. That draft pick would then belong to the Ottawa Senators. And then Arizona would get that pick in the following year, 2024. A draft that is not going to be nearly as deep. Plus, Ottawa is an up-and-coming team. They, they were only eliminated in the final week. Ottawa could, could be a team next season that could make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, Arizona possibly having a number 6 or number 7 draft pick this year. They could fall to 16 or 17 next year which would not be nearly as valuable. Not at all. So if you're a Coyotes fan, you do not want that pick moving up this year. You want to keep that number six pick. And this also comes at a time where Arizona is going through a vote. 
whether to move forward with the Tempe Entertainment District. If Arizona doesn't get a draft pick this year, that would be a bad look going into that election. It looked really bad, folks. This could be the kind of thing that could spiral the Coyotes into not having an overwhelming pass. And maybe that project gets, you know, axed. And that could spell the beginning of the end for the Arizona Coyotes. It could be. So, yeah, more ripple effects as far as the draft lottery. Worst case scenario for the Ducks and for the Coyotes is Ottawa gets the number one pick. Um, I don't know, the Blackhawks get number two, which means Arizona's probably going to go bye-bye, and Anaheim's going to get number three. Sure, we'll call that worst case scenario. All right. That's going to do it for this podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. Also ad-free on Amazon and check us out on YouTube as well. My personal Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. You could drop me a line at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And next episode, it's going to have a little bit of a twist because it is going to be the final goals Thursday of the season with a bit of an addendum because the goals have a new head coach and we're going to talk all about him on the next podcast. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is greatly appreciated. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please remember to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and Ducks fly together.